Welcome back to the History of Rock. His name is Brandon and he is the DJ. His name is Shim. He is the rock star. Class is in session. As always, we got to talk about uh, VivaLamoca.com. Head there. Get your merchandise. If you're here on YouTube, click the links below. Click like, click subscribe, click all that fun stuff. Uh, The social media. I need to plug. I want to plug my thing. I forgot on the last episode. By the way, for anyone watching who is interested in. No, I don't know. Anyone watching who's interested in cryptocurrency and how to earn money with cryptocurrency, I have a company called InvestorShare, InvestiShare, where you can learn how to make passive income with crypto. We have all of the courses laid out for you for one simple monthly subscription. Click the link below. There you go. go. Okay, I like mixing it up there at the beginning. I like that. And uh, yeah, so we'll get all those links down there for you. Um, but let's just dive right in because we still have a ton of things that we need to get to here. We were talking about Woodstock 94. We left off when we were talking about uh, this one kid. So his name, and I say kid because I think he was probably like 18, 19 when he was there. I could be wrong. But uh, Ram right. Samudrala, who I believe came over from India and actually went to um, Woodstock 94. And we had talked about Cypress Hill, Henry, uh, Henry Rollins, the whole commercialization of everything. And now we're rolling straight into Primus here, where here so this was a blog from 1994 that this guy posted like right after he was there for Woodstock 94. So this is kind of his firsthand account. Musically, Primus was the best band of the festival, and they had the privilege of looking over the largest mosh pit I've ever seen. The pit extended all the way back and beyond the soundboard and wasn't like there was pockets of moshing. Every single person was slamming. Contrast this to Nine Inch Nails Pit, which only extended back to the camera towers. We're going to get to that Nine Inch Nails stuff coming up because this dude, uh, <laughs> he's not a fan of Nine Inch Nails. Uh, Claypool, meaning Les Claypool, the lead singer, was amazed at the crowd and encouraged everyone to do a wave just so he could see what it would be like. They started off by playing a couple of their older tunes, and I hardly got to listen to them since I was busy trying to keep myself from getting hurt. This is one of the reasons I dislike moshing and crowd surfing. Because if you really like a band and you want to listen to their music, it's impossible to be up in the front. And this is where I'm calling bullshit on this kid. And I don't believe any mosher who claims they can listen and mosh at the same time. I will admit, though, that Primus's music, starting off slow and suddenly pounding and violently, makes for a great mosh pit. Bullshit. You can enjoy a show while you're in the fucking pit. You can enjoy the show where you're slamming around. I don't care what this kid is saying. Now, if that's not for everybody, like I, I very rarely would ever get like, Well, I would try to avoid it because of the whole claustrophobia thing. And I don't like things fucking, you know, collapsing down on top of me. Um, yeah. But whenever I would be on the floor, I swear to God, it was like clockwork from like 1999 to 2005 at all of these shows I would go to wherever I was at. The pit would open up right in front of me. I swear to God, I was the one guy that's standing there and I'm looking at the fucking stage and the pit's right there in front of me. And you would see some of the craziest shit. Obviously, everybody wants to be a little bit respectful. You knock somebody on their ass, you pick them right back up. You guys keep uh, moving around, moshing around. There was one I remember at a corn show where there was this kid who was smaller. He probably had little man syndrome. His whole thing was... I'm going to wait for people to turn around in the pit, and then I'm going to go fucking run into them and try to knock them over. And Uh. finally, this fucking monster of a man decided, (laughs) I'm done with this shit. So he he knew the kid was going to do this. So he turned, and the fucking kid comes running, and sure as shit, the dude fucking turns around and just picks the fucking kid up and just fucking threw his ass. (laughs) 
And I was like, That's yeah. fantastic. Oh, it was fucking amazing. He just hurled him. Absolutely just fucking hurled him. Hold on. I thought you were going to say. What's up? I'm changing my lights because I'm noticing that my camera changes oh. when the lights change behind me. So there we go. Anyway, go ahead. I thought you were going to say he turned around and just lifted his knee up so that the kid just would push right into his fucking <laughs> no, knee. No, he like, he, so the kid came in and the guy was able, yeah. like, he basically kind of scooped him up underneath yeah, his yeah. armpits and was just like, because the kid's momentum was already taken. He's like, I was going to say, fucking let yeah, like fly, so, That guy was definitely a trained fighter. Use his momentum against oh, him. Oh, fuck. That's brilliant. <laughs> All right, back to uh, Woodstock right. 94. Claypool was dressed in a shirt that resembled the U.S. flag wearing dark glasses and sporting sideburns. When they went into My Name is Mud, people started throwing mud on stage, exclamation mark. He was surprised, but we reading it now have seen this before. Claypool immediately stopped the show and said, as he has before, people who throw things on stage have small penises. Contrast this to Green Day's attitude, still a mud fight among audience members ensued. No shit. <laughs> um, and I find it funny how... Like mud was a big thing back in uh, in '69. They couldn't anticipate the weather. Like you don't know mm. of the storms that are going to roll through that could potentially, mm. uh, like pun fully intended here, rain on your parade. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, for, like, come on. So the kid goes on. Oh fuck, this is great. <laughs> Let's go. I made my way back just in time for Nine Inch Nails' electrifying performance, by far the most aggressive one. Again, I do not like Nine Inch Nails music. I think Trent Reznor doesn't have a single original idea in his head. For all the crap about being an industrial band, Nine Inch Nails rely heavily on the melody which backgrounds their songs, and this is why they are so popular among the mainstream. Reznor never is abrasive enough, even though that is the impression he projects. And people who want this watered-down abrasiveness go to him. They are a mellow cross of thrash metal and early, an early dance industrial like like Kraftwerk. So clearly, this dude's thought about this before, man. I wonder. But that's just like. Well, here's here's one just, of the reasons why I, I kind of so want to reach feelings. I kind of want to reach out to this kid so we can get him on the podcast. Because, I mean, essentially, we're just we're reading through his thoughts here and then commenting on it. And it would be nice to have him here so he can back up some of the stuff he's saying. But also, I'm really curious if his if his thoughts on Nine Inch Nails have changed. Like, I was gonna it, say, has that stayed through the years? I mean, as Trent no. Reznor went on and, and he's done multiple movie soundtracks, including one of the most brilliant soundtracks I've heard in recent years to, the, to Disney yeah. and Pixar's Soul... Yeah, I wonder if it's changed at all, or if he's that yeah. embedded in this belief that Trent Reznor is kind of a phony. Yeah, but that's the weirdest thing, isn't it? Like of all the people in the music business, like ever, yeah. phony yeah, yeah. is not the word that you attribute to Trent Reznor. It's no. the exact opposite. No, that's like that's... Trent Reznor is the antithesis of authentic. Yeah, like and no, and, no, and he's not got, the an, no, he's not the antithesis of authentic. What did I say? Antithesis would mean he's the opposite of authentic. Oh, he sorry. What did authentic. I say? Definitely. Yeah, sorry. My bad. He's totally the definition fucking, of authentic. He's the definition. That's what I totally didn't even remember which ah. word I said. And I was like, antithesis, that's wrong. Um, but no, it's like he was, Trent Reznor was the one that was talking out about how record labels run their things and how they treat their artists like cattle and how he wasn't going to do that. And normally what happens is people 
get to renegotiate contracts and have their own record label at the end of their career. He did it at the start. He did it at the fucking start. He made one record and they were like, cool, da 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 da. And he was like, cool, now I want my own label. I do everything my way. You can have your money, just fucking leave me alone. And he did it. And then they took their money, but he at least was like, I just don't want to, just don't fuck with me. Like, you get your money, let's do three or four albums. I know the drill, but you're not going to fucking tell me what to do. And I was like, and then afterwards, off with the off to the races. Like he does yeah. whatever the fuck he wants permanently after that. Well, the next one here is even still about Reznor. So Reznor gave his seal of approval to the festival when he said something like, "When we first agreed to play this thing, I was kind of worried about it, but this is pretty cool. You're all right. Thanks, Trent." <laughs> I think his excessive portrayal of angst was done to shock the to shock the what he might have assumed to be a what predominantly yuppie crowd. So what he's oh, really? so what he's saying is like he's his portrayal yeah, no. of angst was done to shock what what he thinks that Reznor was assuming was going to be a predominantly yuppie crowd. Right. So he basically was like he watered it down and still he's like he watered it down. He's a watered down fucking rock star. But then he realized the people were simply taking it in and enjoying it. He portrayed his angry self by smashing keyboards and other equipment on stage. Mm. But I really find it hard to get into this attitude, given that he was paid $250,000 for this performance. The good move on his part was that he appeared on stage covered with mud, just like the rest of us. I'll oh, get fucked. I don't, <laughs> I don't like this guy anymore, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I'm like... So, yeah, well, compared to Nine Inch yeah. Nails, Metallica sounded mellow. I think their show attracted the largest number of people, judging by crowd density at the front. There was a lot of pyrotechnics going on, but I was finding it a bit hard to concentrate since I was occupied with other things. Headfield said something about us having our own Woodstock. So fucking what? As an introduction to, so what? Right. I have a sidebar question that I genuinely want your opinion on. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Because as an artist, this that shit triggers me, right? And when someone comes along and they're like, I'm like, bitch, why don't you fucking walk one step, one step in the shoes of someone who tries to create something from nothing and get it to the point where it's on stage in front of tens of thousands of people screaming the word, like, fuck you. But at the same time, hold on, hold on, let me finish. The question is, do you think that it's fair enough for people to judge when they don't have, they have not walked a mile in the shoes. The point of it is you look at an artist or a, a, a person making any sort of music, right? And you go, well, I don't do that. I don't want to do that. I want to be the person that enjoys it. But we are creating things for the enjoyment of other people. So at that point, do you have to look at these, we call them plebs, right? Plebs, people just people that just have two ears and a head and they don't think about what goes into it. They just hear what comes at them, right? The people that are buying the fucking music when they used to buy music, but like the, the people that are hearing it, do you think it's fair enough and say, you know what? Your opinion is just as relevant as the people that spent 20 years to put it together or your opinion is fucking not as relevant or irrelevant. What do you think? I think all opinions are relevant. It doesn't matter what somebody's been through. It doesn't matter what somebody's doing because everybody's perspective is going to be different, whether you put 20 years in an industry to build something or whether you're brand new to it or whatever you've been through that dictates your, the lens that you see the world through. So your opinion is necessary so that we like, because your opinion comes from that lens and it can be good or it could be bad. 
But what you need to do as an artist is, well, it doesn't matter to me. I know what I put into yeah. this. If this person's going to be negative about it, that's fine. That's their opinion. And that's the way that I've looked at anything that I've ever done. Now, granted, it's not near the scale that you've done things. Like, I haven't had an album, like, fucking sell hundreds of thousands of copies. But if somebody were to ever, like, you know, I would produce things for radio stations and we would do bits and stuff like that. And when people would call up and make fun of it or they would mock it or they would, you know, bash us. Cool. That's your opinion. Like, it's, it's right. not going to make me lose sleep at night because... I know the work that I put into it. Now, if now, fuck, the thing that'll make me lose sleep is if I know I didn't do my best. Like, if I right. know I could have done this, and fuck, this is the thing that sucks because you're always your own worst enemy, and right, right, you're right. always your worst critic. And so I will fucking pick. I used to do this relentlessly when I first got into radio, and it's one of the reasons I got really good at it is because I would pick every fucking thing apart, and I would spend hours. I could change that. I should have done that. I should have done that, and I should have done that all differently. But it was just that was my opinion on it. And it was my piece of work. If somebody has a different opinion, that's fine. That's no skin mm. off my ass. That's not going to change right. how I perceive it. That's not going to change. Well, no, I take it back. Actually, it will change how I perceive it because the things that you go through on a daily basis are constantly changing your perception. Okay, but the next question that I have before we put this to bed is: It's one thing to say I don't like it. The other thing to say that guy's a phony. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but again, I, uh, but again, like here's so, the thing. I've, I, personally, I personally think that if anyone's in a position to call anyone a phony, it's someone like me or people who do what I do that actually put the time in to try to be authentic in that space. But someone that doesn't understand what it takes to go, well, you don't know whether it's phony, what's not like, it's not, it's basically an attack and a, uh, what's the word? It's, it's almost got malicious intent. Yeah. You know no, what I mean? No, I, you know, I could definitely see that. No. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, let's remember, I think this was, I think this dude was a kid when he was there. Like, he was probably, like, I think, 18, 19, 20. I just want to tear him down anyway. Well, well look, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think I'm going to try to reach out to him. Maybe we can have him on so that we can kind of talk about, to talk about some of the stuff that, that he has in, in this blog that we're now quoting like fucking 30 years later. So obviously it means something that it's still there and we're using it. I personally think that I should be held accountable for everything I wrote 35 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I get what you're saying in the sense that. Oh, you and you know what else? Recording in progress. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> God damn it. This is what we go through. All right. Uh, but I, I get what you're saying in the sense that um, his opinion of calling Trent Reznor phony, it's different than coming from somebody who has been 20, 30 minutes or 30 years in the music industry and have done the similar things. And it's just coming from somebody who who this is why like people don't like critics sometimes because it's like you become a critic because you failed at the thing that you were trying to do. Like you're a food critic because you're a shitty chef or you're a music critic because you were a shitty musician. That was always kind of that, um, that connection that was made. That's not always the truth, but that was the connection that that was made. So for me, what, like, what's the solution then? You're not allowed to say that. You're not no, allowed to say the, No, here's the thing. The reason I'm asking the question is because I know what musicians think about that point. Mm -hmm. But I also know, like, I'm the first person to say, I feel entitled, entitled, and I'm going to stick oh. by it, right? Mm -hmm. I feel entitled to judge my favorite band. The singer of Silverchair has lost his mind. He's fucking gone off the rails. 
his music is the most furthest removed from Silverchair, right? And I look at it and I'm like, dude, I don't like the new shit. Go back to doing Silverchair because I'm a fan. And yet I know exactly how he feels when he's like, dude, I did fucking three piece rock for like four albums. It was when I was a kid. I don't want to do it anymore. I want to do this stuff. So I totally see both sides of the coin. And I look at it, I'm like, I get what you're doing. More power to you. Fuck everyone. You do you, boo. You do you. <laughs> and, then, and then at the same time, I'm like, just make a silver chair record, man. Just fucking do it for us. So I and I see both sides of it, but I don't know which one's fair enough and right because I don't I don't put it out there. I would never like I'm putting well, it out there because of the question, but I would never actually publicly go fuck this guy for whatever i'm like i get it i get both sides well there is no right because it's an opinion and everybody's entitled to their opinion now some people are mm. going to be louder than others it's it's on each individual person to take what opinions they listen to and what they take to heart now if you want to take the opinion of somebody who hasn't been in the industry forever they they're like 15, 16 years old, and they're completely bashing Metallica because St. Anger came out and that was the worst fucking album ever made, and I'm never going to fucking listen to Metallica again, or you have like yeah. a mentality like that, they're always entitled to that opinion. You're also entitled to not give a fuck. Mm. We could do a whole episode on this shit because yeah. that's, that's the more, that's like a whole fucking I mean, I did, I, I, get, I, maybe, I mean, maybe it's like. I get where people come from when it comes to these kind of things and, and how it sucks when you have somebody who maybe has not gone through the trials and tribulations that other people have and then they're judgmental of somebody and they're going to call them a phony or they call them something else. Whatever the hell the case may be, I just live under the impression every single person's entitled to their opinion. Um, mm. But unfortunately, opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one and they all stink. Yep. Yep. All right. What's the next thing? Let's go to that. Oh, it's uh, me. Last was Aerosmith. Last was Last was Aerosmith, who played a set to the rain. People left. It was just the rain. I do not like Aerosmith's later stuff. Shock horror. Tell us what you really think, mate. <laughs> uh, notice how my fucking tone changed. <laughs> easy, easy, easy. Don't make me go to back to my, my P. Diddy uh, video, on, music see, video here. I, I do not like Aerosmith. Tell us everything about what you like and what you think. Tell us ever. Let's stop the fucking world to listen to what you fucking think. I do not like Aerosmith's latest stuff, but they were amazing on stage, exclamation mark. Definitely written by someone under the age of 18. I was once again blown away by the intensity of Tyler's stage antics and the amazing tunes. I had forgotten how good Aerosmith was, and this was a great reminder. So this next one here says, as Aerosmith winded down, we witnessed an amazing fireworks display, and this was an excellent way to wind things down for the day. Now, of course, this contradicts the account that I had, I had seen on other sites where it was... The, the fireworks were post-Metallica prior to Aerosmith, but I, I, I don't know what to, what to go with that. So just move on to the next one. Okay, I just want to be clear I'm reading this correctly because <laughs> the sentence starts with, in a somewhat communist sense... <laughs> now keep going, man. <laughs> in a somewhat communist sense, the rich were indeed eaten at this festival. Friday night, the fences went down and the concert became free. But I doubt many people took advantage of it, at least not at once. I think there were about 100,000 100, or more so people than expected, but estimates range from 300,000 to 500,000. I didn't mind paying since I didn't have to walk anywhere in order to get out. The bus was right there and on time. I have a neat ticket. 
And more importantly, I go to see all the Friday evening bands. Yeah. Uh, he goes on Great. to say here, uh, so this is where I mentioned that, uh, so in this blog that we found, wow, you are really pissy right now. <laughs> Damn. It's fun. I'm like, at that the was like a 180 like... turn. Like this dude that wrote this thing 30 years ago really got yeah. under Shim's skin. I'm literally talking to this fucking thing as if he's like saying it right now. I'm like, this show happened today, and you're writing it at the end of the night. I got I got to reach out to this guy, and, and, and hopefully <laughs> he he would be willing to to come on and and, and talk to us about it. Because I also want to like again, I want to know if his if his thoughts on um if his thoughts on Nine Inch Nails have changed or if it's still the same. But anyway, yeah. uh, so here's where he kind of backpedals a little bit. Now he's kind of talking. You know about what I Friday. bet he says too? I bet he says we're going to ask him, "Have your thoughts on Nine Inch Nails changed?" And he's going to go, "Has Nine Inch Nails changed?" <laughs> <laughs> that's what you sound like Rami that's what you fucking sound like Jesus Christ so he goes on to say here we got in around five and got to see Jackal performing Mental Masturbation that's the song from the Beavis and Butthead soundtrack uh, Jesse right. James Dupree got naked on stage this was simply a sign of things to come see again I got I got to reach out to Jesse will you do it for me do what you, reach out to Jesse guy. I never met him I don't know him no, you could be like, hey, this is Shim. I'm friends with Brandon from El Paso. Oh, yeah, because he's going to totally take my call. Well, see, because again, <laughs> oh my so, God. This is, so this is now two people. Like, I, I have their numbers in my right. phone, but I don't know if it's the same number or not because it's been a couple of years. Like Richard Patrick from Filter or Jesse James Dupree from Jackal. You know, Why one of these just... days, I'm just going to get drunk and fucking call him. Why don't you just do it right now? Literally just be like, hey, it's Brandon from KLAQ. Got a new thing going on. Want to talk to you about it? I'll do it. Later. And if they don't reach, if they don't reach back, it's one of two things: new number or who the fuck is Brandon? Yeah. What's KLAQ? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Um. Is it my turn? Yeah. Yeah. So hold on. After live, the band did live play. Yeah. Fuck! I love that band. I love. Remind me to tell you afterwards about the first and last time I met the lead singer of Live. Right, it's me, funny. We're gonna do that in the encore. Hold on. Yeah, for sure. After live, crashes, a barrage of, come on, what? come on, there's oh, a reason you're not the singer in the equation. A barrage of incredible <laughs> upcoming bands were showcased, each trying to outdo the other. This was the only time I was really up in the front rows for all the bands and got to do some moshing and crowd surfing. Hmm, good for you, Rami, which is why we recall, why the, oh, which is why my recall of these shows is so vague. The crowd was much nicer. It got a bit rowdy Saturday and Sunday, and it was mostly a young crowd, and we all had a good time. Go ahead. Keep going. Flowers and puppy dogs, Mike. Collective Souls name belies their music. They played some hard-hitting rock and warmed up the crowd for Candlebox. I have seen Candlebox live, and my general opinion is that they suck. But again, I was blown away with the way they played their tunes. Fuck you, Rami. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I don't even think you're getting his name right. Because whatever, he's not getting his opinions right. I don't need to get his names right. Be like, Candlebox thinks you, I know Candlebox. I played shows with them. They think you suck too. (laughs) Feeling is more than fucking mutual. Is that it? Is that up to me now? I get to keep reading this dipshit's fucking timing. An announcement was made that Mick Jagger was, shut up, but just let me get through this useless fucking dribble this prick wrote. The crowd was not, not even that. An announcement was made that Mick Jagger would be taking the stage, but it turned out to be Larry Bud Melman from The Letterman Show, who advised people to love the one they are with. 
Violent Femmes followed it and seemed like the crowd never got enough. The announcer asked us to pace ourselves, but I don't think that was necessary. I'm disliking him more and more and I don't know why. <laughs> You're getting all worked up. Call, just take a deep yeah, breath. but it's a, at least it's something entertaining for these guys to watch. No, I don't need to breathe. You're the one with the issues. I can breathe. I'm a singer. I know how to breathe and spit at the same time. Just fucking say the next thing. The crowd was mostly non-black. What? <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> oh, yeah. See? See? Yeah, See, this, Kat, is- <laughs> this is one of the things that I found that was that was a little odd, but it also goes to show you how different perspective was for people like 30 years ago, because he made right. the comment, the crowd was mostly non-black, even though the acts were reasonably diverse. I say non-black because there were indeed a few Asians and Orientals around. Again, 30 years ago, this was written. I did not meet <laughs> a single black person, but I did meet people from South America, Canada, Europe, Asia, the, Mid- uh, the Middle East, and Australia. In nice. fact, I ended up sharing a piece of cardboard to shelter myself from the rain with some guy and his family who thought it was great that I was from India. It is. It's so great that you're from India. Um, the, sec- <laughs> the security was lax. I encountered exactly one power tripping security guard and one cop who obviously didn't get the peace and love telegram. I only felt sorry for them since they had allowed the pressure to ruin their experience. Other than that, all the hype about people being frisked completely was BS. On the bus, we were all warned about the drugs and that if drugs were found, we would be handled, handled, handled over to the state police. Once we got out of that bus, entrance into the site was unhindered. We passed through the metal detectors. Metal detectors before 9-11. Yeah. We went through the metal detectors and that was it. Regarding the other rules, once the fences went down, nothing else mattered. North Nurl. It was a bad... <laughs> It was good. No alcohol was sold. I don't care what people do, but they need to be reasonable about reasonable about it. And in my, just like Trent Reznor, he's such a reasonable performer, isn't he? And in my case, I never had a problem, but some people did. And if you were just being a jerk, shame on you. Uh. <laughs> I can't wait. To, I can't wait to see if you're going to uh, keep this hatred up uh if we get him on the podcast i can hold on to shit for a long time (laughs) well unlike the media portrayal the majority were not among the mud people i was a mud person for a couple of hours saturday afternoon and it was a uh and it was great while i was rolling in it but the mud feels weird once it dries up the storm washed me off and i didn't go back the mud people had a direct line to the front of the stage people would separate whenever they wanted to go through there were a lot of boys who were naked and a lot of girls who were topless. You meant you get it up, you crack, eh? Um, <laughs> Crevices. You're kind of gross. The show cannot be compared to the 1969 one. It's what, in is that my funny? Fo- it's think- in, no, I was, I was like, like, in my foreskin. <laughs> I can just imagine, like, all the. I see, I had this vision of, like, this is the funny thing. At the first part of the paragraph, it was like you have this 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 vision of the, the the crowd parting like the Red Sea for all the mud people. But then the next vision is all the mud people walking like the, the, they're holding the shit in from the fucking mud up their ass. They're like, oh god, it's really uncomfortable. I mean, I'm all rock and roll and everything, but gosh, I'd love to have a pair of fucking undies on. Well, here's the, so, the show. A pair of undies. Uh, hold on. <laughs> a pair of undies so on. something something that we're gonna get to about Woodstock '99 is that the whole mud people thing became a thing yeah. again. But the problem is, it wasn't necessarily mud. Uh, it was the area near the porta potties, and right. they broke, so people were rolling in shit. 
Jesus. Did they know at the time or they thought they were no, being mud people? No, I guess they were like, oh, it's just it's it's the smell of a concert and they were just fucking rolling around in it. Oh, God, I literally just threw up in my mouth a bit. Fuck. Cool. Read. Oh, dude. <laughs> the show cannot be compared to the 1969 one. And by this, I mean, we simply had a bigger and better party. Thanks to commercialization of modern technology, there was no way anyone in 1969 could have put on a light show like Gabe, like Gabriel did, or have the clear and lucid sound complete with the video screen, the huge video screens to make sure no one missed out, both orally and visually. A single moment on stage. The sets were all switched within five minutes, again, thanks to technology. And some of the performances were all in the same legendary category as Hendrix's rendition of the Star Spangled Banner. The performances by Green Day will probably never be witnessed again. We showed all the cynics that we can rock and rock hard in the most adverse conditions. Heck, the mud and rain made it fun for all. <laughs> so he wraps up here. He says, what else can I say? The music was nonstop. And the only response. What else we should had you from say? It- That's the question. What else can I do? What the fuck else? Look at Brandon's face. He's like, God damn it. Can I get through one fucking paragraph? No, because he's, <laughs> g- he's going to be like, thank God sick fucking puppies weren't there. Yeah. Uh, 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 we had from the hours of 6 a.m. Uh, until 10 a.m. So essentially that was the only time that they had to kind of rest up. This was the time mm. you went and got cleaned up and got ready for the next day. The best way to handle such festivals is to not sleep the entire time and take close to nothing with you. I think my tent was a hindrance since I had to carry it. Nowhere else have I seen any uh, have I seen such unhib- uninhibition displayed. I didn't think it was a word, but it's not underlined on my my Microsoft Word. There wasn't any explicit sex going on from what I could tell, but a lot of people were hooking up and making out in the heat of the moment. They <laughs> They should have one of these every year. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. As Wayne's World would say, party on. Fucking. All right, let's get into continued education. Oh, wait a minute. We have to get into crop circles. Well, yeah. So for real quick, uh, continued education. If you guys want to see some of the footage and some interviews and stuff like that, obviously MTV stuff that's on YouTube, you can find that. There's also Woodstock 94, the film, showcases some of the performances as well as interviews with the crowd and the artists. I think that was the one where I saw the guy where they were like, do you have tickets? He's like, no, I'm just going to run through the the, the fence. He was like, I'm going to find a spot. He's like, oh, because he makes the comment. He goes, He's like, with an area this big, they can't have security guards posted that close to each other. So I'm just going to find an area of the fence where there's no security guards and just stop the fence. Hey, fucking it's a very logical plan. Yeah. So anyway, so now we are going to get into... So normally, uh, at this part of the episode, when we wrap up, one of our, 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 our themes that we're talking about is we do like a uh, this date, uh, on this date, where it's something in relation to either the album that we're talking about or something else going on. Um, but with the mention of crop circles from um, yes. uh, from Perry Farrell, I thought I thought that it would only be appropriate to actually go through some facts and uh, fiction about crop circles. Is this an encore moment or is this part of the podcast? This is part of the podcast. I got encore Fucking moments a. in my notebook. All right. The, the term crop circle was first coined in the early 1980s. I thought it was before that. Well, but I guess the aliens haven't showed up until the 1980s. <laughs> so... Uh, there, trust me, there's a lot of shit I could have written here on crop circles, but I try to keep it to a minimum. A 1678 news pamphlet called The Mowing Devil is claimed by uh, crop circle devotees to be the first depiction of a crop circle. Researchers say, though, this is bogus because this describes uh, the stalks being cut rather than bent. And that's what you see when yeah. you see a crop circle is it's 
bent, not cut. You like that yeah. for people watching? It's bent, not cut. Yeah. <laughs> During the 60s, there was an increase in UFO sightings and circular formations in swamp reeds in Australia and Canada. At Danny Young neck in the woods, mate. It's definitely UFO. After this, we're going to have to talk. That's going to be the encore. We're going to talk about whether they're real. Just saying. We're going to no, reference all the stuff we're I saying right now. I got it right, right here. Okay, go ahead. The first film. The first film to depict a geometric crop circle was Phase 4. This is, came out in 1974, and those circles were created by super-intelligent ants. This film Please. is believed to have been the inspiration for the pranksters that kicked off the crop circle phenomenon. It's not a prank. The majority of crop circles have appeared and spread since the late 1970s, with it becoming more well-known in the late 80s. Two men, Doug Bauer and Dave Chorley, came out in 1991 admitting that they were the ones who started the phenomenon back in 1978 with the use of some simple tools consisting of a, a piece of wood and a rope. They proved their case by creating a crop circle in front of journalists. Right, which is exactly what the CIA wanted them to do. So <laughs> The scientific consensus on crop circles is that they are, wait for it, hoaxes created by human beings. That's what I just read, but it ain't what I think. Oh my God. Okay? Look, you gotta pick a side, man. Is either this... Trent Reznor's a phony or he's the most authentic man alive. And either the crop circles are the way that fucking aliens lay their dick in the sand or their hoaxes promoted by fucking guys that live in their mom's basement in the middle of Hicksville that have got literally nothing else to fucking do. Lay their dick in the sand? Like that? Okay, yeah. so that's I mean, when that's I see the a crop circle, I'm mean, gonna be like, an, that's balls. Which, by I the was, way, if, we haven't shown it in a while. Alien, Look at my coral balls. Fucking, if I was an alien, okay? If I was an alien, yeah. that would be what I'd do for kicks. You'd be out there hovering somewhere else outside the orbit of the Earth and you'd be like, okay, check this out. And you'd be, it'd be like the equivalent of like laying your dick on your roommate's fucking forehead and taking a photo and then bouncing out. And then afterwards you'd be like, watch him go crazy when they wake up. Watch him, take a look. That's what I do. That's what Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's a fucking good analogy, Brandon. Don't say it's not. I didn't say it wasn't. I just didn't react. Yeah, I can, your face, you're, you're fucking, you're dumb, right, you're dumbfounded face the, every time. Here, I'll cover my camera. Tell the story again. Shut the fuck up, <laughs> you're a dick. <laughs> All right, well, let's wrap it up. We can roll, uh, roll right into the encore here. All right, this has been the history of... Uh, I keep going back to... This is the history of rock. His name is Brandon. He's the DJ. Yeah, it's you know, right now it's the history of crop circles. Fucking... <laughs> His name is Shim. He's a rock star. History of... Class dismissed! The history of Rami recently... That's what we need. God, we need more of that. Get off that guy's shit, man. He was a fucking kid yeah. when he wrote that thing. All right. Were you in the encore? Yeah. That's a tight. That's going to be a tight fucking edit for you right there. <sighs> Class dismissed. Fuck Rami. <laughs> eh, it's easy peasy. Eh. Easy peasy. I'm getting good No, there's no way. Shit. There's no way. Dude, who has the time? Seriously, who has the fucking time to go and make a crop circle like that? And then and uh, for, for what, 12 years and get no credit? From what point? What's the prank? What's the prank? Like, you can't see to them get, properly unless you're in a plane. To get you're pranking like two people you. you've never met and you're never going to see because they flew over your farm. Nah, your farm. Get, that's right. You're get, a farmer. to get people like you to believe there's fucking UFOs leaving circles and fucking crops. Okay, then who made the pyramids? Who made them? 
Um, depends on it which one. Egyptians. If it was an Egyptian. They oh. didn't have the technology at the time. Oh my God, you're that. They didn't man. have it. Do the fucking research, man. There's no way that you could physically get those things built with the tech that they had. <laughs> Go ahead. No, no, cool, man. No. <laughs> All right. You want to? Do you want to talk about how? Uh, plus, coronavirus was plus, a hoax. The, no, I'm not talking about that. Are they back or the universe? Out? The universe is 14 billion years old and has been expanding ever since the the Big Bang that we can possibly figure out. And recently they've discovered that they can they can figure out what happened before the Big Bang. They're working on it. The idea that over the course of 14 billion years there wasn't any civilization between now and then that came up as well that maybe is a few millennia ahead of us. And they're coming by to say, like Star Trek, like, just don't get me started. You got me started. Like, there's no fucking feasible way that there is not something elsewhere in the universe. 14 billion fucking years. You know what you need to do right now? Oh, why don't you enlighten me? That You know that dude, the ancient aliens guy with the fucking hair? Yeah. You need to do that. Like, just fucking pull your hair out. <laughs> Could you do that for me right now? Just like no, pull I'm it not. up. Because and, I, then, that and I'm gonna ask you a series of questions, and every answer, <laughs> you're gonna go, aliens. <laughs> it's real. It's real. I'm not saying aliens don't exist. I'm not saying aliens haven't been around. I'm saying it's not as plausible that they're like, hey, we're gonna go build this fucking pyramid thing and then just fucking leave. It's not as plausible. You think that aliens showed up? I think it's more plausible fucking... with the fact that they were like based on what the Egyptians had. Yeah, they could have built the pyramids. They could not have. They could not have. All right. they, we couldn't fucking build it now if we didn't have technology. We couldn't just build it based off fucking what logs, logs and sweat. Dude, tell me how the pyramids were made. Tell me how they were made. I can. Sh I'll show you fucking links from educated people. Yeah. Yeah, I don't need to tell you because smart people have already figured it out. Okay, show me. Yeah. Send me the links right now. I'm going to check them out as I'll soon as Well, done. I don't want to do that in the encore. We can fucking... What was I going to show you? I don't know. There was one thing I was going to show oh, you. Oh, but we... Okay, I do want to talk about this. Oh, first off, oh. Um, the first yeah. thing we we're going to talk about in the encore, uh, your first... Was it your first and last experience with live? Oh, so... <laughs> okay, so fucking aliens we were doing a festival right we would do what what's the matter nothing asshole no what we we were doing just get to the point stop fucking going off track we were doing a festival and we this is how the festivals usually work right you wake up at middle of the day like midday right festival starts at like two o'clock in the afternoon or whatever and especially if we're playing like later in the day so we're playing like second or third last and we look at it and it's, it's one of those, um, uh, it's a fair, a county fair, right? So they, they had us, they had Candlebox, I think, and a couple of other bands. And then you wake up and you look at the day sheet and everyone just goes, okay, where are we and who's headlining? Like you just, for a couple of minutes, you just check out what your day is going to look like. And I remember being like, who's the headliner? And someone in the crew was like, some fucking guy named Ed. It just says Ed Kowalczyk. And I was <laughs> like, fucking... From the live. Dude from live. Yeah. yeah. And they were like, oh, I said, that's the singer from live. I was like, fuck, well, I'm playing. Like, I, I was a massive fucking live fan. And I was like, okay, cool. I, we would, we would never be able to get on a tour with live because they were broken up at that point. But I was like, this is going to be great. I'm going to meet the fucking, this is like the last one. I got to meet Lejean from fucking 
uh, Seven Dust, Tom Morello, Brandon Boyd, and now like the singer from Live Ed. I'm like, this is gonna be great. So I, <clears throat> we we played, and I and then I finished, and I watched his set, and it was good. It wasn't great, but it was good. It, w- it wasn't as good as Live, and I'd seen Live a couple times. And then he walked off stage. And I was expecting to be like, and he knew that I was in one of the bands. We hadn't met yet. And I was waiting for this is like, hey, I'm going to meet. I'm going to I'm going to go up and say hi. And I was like, hey, man, great show. And he shook my hand and he went, where are the bitches at? Where are we going? Ed Kowalczyk? Yeah. He said, where are we going after this? Where's the strip club? And I was like, oh, fuck my heart. My fucking heart. It broke my heart. He was like all about the party and the bitches and the fucking where's the strip club at? And I was like, dude, you're you're lightning crashes, man. Where's the spiritual? Lightning I thought you were going to crashes. And the funniest thing down. is when I fucking met, uh, damn it, singer from Pantera, blanking. Oh, uh, Phil and Selma. When I met Phil, you would have expected the opposite. Yeah, and I remember seeing been like, yeah, yeah, being like, yo, fucking, where's the beer? Where's the bitches and beer? I saw Phil at a fucking airport one time, and I saw him at, the, at one of the other gates, and I was like, damn, that's him. He was talking to some guy for like an hour, and it was clearly a fan. A fan had come and sit a couple of seats away from him. Was like, excuse me, I'm a big fan, and I was waiting for that guy to leave so I could be like, all right, if he's by himself, I'll come up, I'll go up, and I'll say, hey. And the guy, an hour later, the guy leaves. And I walk up to Phil and I was just like, hey, man, um, my name's Shim. I'm in a band and I've been very fortunate. I've been on tour for a while now. And I just wanted to say, love your band. I listen to your music a lot growing up. I love what you do. And, you know, you kind of inspired me to do what I do. And he just leaned over. He shook my hand. He looked deep in my fucking eyes. And he said, we are brothers cosmically. And I was like, I thought, you're, uh-huh. I thought, you, I thought he was going to look at you and be like, Aliens built the pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to be like, I'll suck your dick for some crack. No, <laughs> no, no, but he really did. He looked at me and there was this moment of like the most sincere, deep shit. And he was just like, we're brothers cosmically. And I was like, that's just a little more acid than I was expecting. <laughs> that's a little more intense than I was hoping for there. Buddy. Yeah. And then I just sort of went, yeah, cool, man. And he was like, yeah. Yeah, Fergie can be like, a pretty intense dude. I've never had uh, yeah. the privilege of meeting him or even being involved in an interview with him, but I've I've known some people who've run into him. But and by running into him, I mean like truly just kind of like a hey sort of like passing by and stuff. And he's yeah. I've heard he's a pretty intense dude. Not necessarily a dick, but I've heard he's a pretty intense no. dude. Yeah, but I think that's a good thing. But it, it's definitely like it was ent- it was the exact opposite. It was like. I met Ed and he was, he was a rock star type of guy and it just was not on brand, you know, like I would never have when thought to meet someone for the live. Like you don't yeah, think yeah. of that. Like where's you would expect pussy? Ed, you would expect Ed to say something like we are brothers cosmically. And you would think Phil to be like, where's the bitches? Yeah. <laughs> well, cause the funny thing is when you think about Pantera, I mean, what like Dimebag and, um, uh, um, how the fuck did I just blank on the fucking drummer? Vinny. Fucking Vinnie Paul. Yeah. Oh my God. That's yeah. terrible. Uh, but what they like the, the two Abbott brothers is that they were about fucking partying. Like if you're going to fucking yeah. hang out with us, we're going to show you a good fucking time. And yeah. they were two guys. I wish I would have been able to fucking meet. I still remember when Dimeback passed away. Um, I was getting ready. I was working in Eugene 
and I would I did the midday shift and I'd flipped on the morning show and they were I I didn't hear who it was that had passed away but they were like oh yeah goat's gonna be in here coming up at ten o'clock he's a big Pantera guy he's a big Damage Plan guy he's probably gonna bring his fucking CDs in well I didn't say fucking but they like I'll bet he wants to bring yeah. his CDs in so that he can pay homage in here and I was like wait I'm like. So oh, I'm like, which one? Like, so then who, 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 like, who died? And like, obviously, yeah. if it's those two bands, it would have to be Dimebag yeah. or Vinnie Paul. And, yeah. and unfortunately, it was it was Dimebag who was taken yeah. out on stage. Fuck, that's a whole, that's a Dude, whole that's, podcast that we could do right there too. We need to. Yeah. yeah. See, sure. here's the thing too. So real quick, before we get to the final part of the encore here, that I wanted to bring up. No, it's not about aliens and pyramids and Shim going off the fucking rails there. Uh, They're fucking real. <laughs> They're fucking real. Well, yeah, the pyramids are real. They do exist. Just go to dime back. <laughs> so um, I was thinking about this as we were um, kind of talking because Rage Against the Machine just performed as we're recording this their first show, right? Like in eleven years, and so we right. had talked about how next year when you're in El Paso, we'll go film a live episode of the history of rock. Uh, and we'll do it all about Rage Against the Machine. And mm-hmm. as we're covering the early '90s, we're really covering kind of the grunge movement. But I'm I'm starting to wonder and how we're going to and maybe we just like start picking and choosing because you know Rage's first album came out in '91 I believe is that when the first album came out? Um, let That's, me Google I that. Have here. No idea. That's your job. Um, but yeah, and then you have uh, like Corn. Their first album was '94. Shim is continuing yeah. to do that weird shit in the background. No, yeah, go ahead and do your job. No, I'm um, like- and then uh, are you are you? Making what? penis references? No. What's going on? Just keep doing your job. Um, and then, but so anyway, so we would be extending outside of the grunge movement, but it would still be covering a lot of these early '90s bands. Um, and uh, question for you, real quick: Where would you put STP? In I'd put them up my ass. <laughs> well, like, would you would you put them in? Oh, '92. I just want was. the contact high. <laughs> Rage Against the Machine 92 was the first album, by the way. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we'll start eventually kind of uh, veering down that path because I was thinking about- What like, do you mean, where would I put STP in regards to what? What genre? Like, a lot of people put them in the grunge aspect back then, but- Nah, nah, I call grunge. them alternative. No, I call them alternative. After they made their second record where they went more retro, uh, they had more retro um, influences. Mm-hmm. And then when they got to Sour Girl, where there was like some amazing Beatles harmonic shit going on, I'm like, nah, they're just a good, they're a rock band, but they fell into alternative after that of like, nah, they're like Smashing Pumpkins. I think STP never got the credit they really deserved just because one, grunge, and two, Scott was so fucking drugged out rock star that he almost overshadowed the quality of the music at times. But when you pull back and you realize the beautiful complexity of how those guitar parts were written, they're fucking amazingly structured songs. Yeah. I mean, I I got it here. Core, their first album came out in 92. So that would be kind of right Mm -hmm. in line. Like maybe that's what we do after we cover all these Woodstocks. Maybe we jump over to, uh, maybe we jump to STP. Maybe they got smushed. They got smushed between mm. the Pearl Jams and Nirvanas and everyone God, else. They were just fucking, a, they were just a band releasing stuff. Vaseline. Like I fucking loved that song. Still do, yeah. actually. I don't know why I say loved, but yeah, that fucking song. Oh my God. Amazing. Anyway, final part of the song core here, and we need to get to this, is how upset you got 
at Fall Guys when we played oh, like for... over a week ago. Like, what's going on there? Buddy? I don't like being left out. I don't like some... being left out of is things. Some... I, 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 hey, by the way, still, I still have not gotten your friend request. It still has not gone through. I don't know what the fuck you did. Like you said, you you claim that you you did this thing. So anyway, so here's what we're doing. So I'm no longer with not original. I'm not there. fucking playing that game anymore. Ah, for fuck's sake. Hold on. Don't make me puff daddy your fucking thing. Hold on. Okay. Um, ain't nobody gonna hold me down. Oh, no. Um, anyway, uh, so here's what's happening now. I'm no longer with Original Gamer Life. So all of my streaming stuff is going through my own channel. And I'm streaming a few times a week. Uh, my buddy Alan and I were playing video games. And then also Tuesday and Thursday nights. We play games that can be like Phasmophobia. Something that we've recently gotten into is Fall Guys because it's become free. Any system, you can have a Nintendo Switch, uh, PC, Xbox, uh, PS4, PS5, doesn't matter. Fall Guys is now free. So we started playing that and we tried to get Shim involved and he fucking pitched a fit. I had people coming over to my live stream. I think it was like mostly Nightmare and uh, God, there was somebody else who came over. I can't remember who it was off the top of my head. But they were like, yeah, he is so angry right now. And like he left Fall Guys to go play like Super Monkey Ball or whatever that other fucking Super game Meat is. Boy. Yeah, Super, Super Meat, Meat Boy. Super Meat Boy. Oh, and, and okay. A well, real, a real game. <laughs> Dude, Fall Guys yeah. is the shit, man. You got to give it a chance. So here's what, so essentially here's what we're doing. So we found out. I have out. to give Fall Guys a chance. Like we have to give Rami a chance. That's how much I have to give Fall Guys a yeah, chance. Yeah, I mean, you got to give him a chance. Look, no, you got to open your heart. You're I don't off. have to do anything you say. Yeah. When you cut me as deeply as you did on the day, on the on the day of the fall. Day of the fall. I'm not coming back. What do you the mean? Day of the How fall guys. The fall guys incident. How did I cut you? What did I do? I fucking. I, you didn't let me come and yeah. pay, dude. We tried. So we we, no, we, no, we basically just, we had no, to. Here's the real problem. Oh, it is 100 my fault. It's yes. totally my fault. Yes. I should not have started streaming. Before I had the game figured out and then five different things went wrong while I was streaming. And instead of being like, oh God, okay, I got to do this, 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 and this. I just got mad frustrated. And then I was like, cool, I'm just going to bounce and play a different game just to recover from not fucking prepping enough. For the yeah, thing. Shim, so yeah, so during totally the stream, during the stream, Shim was like, this would have been great if we had done this before we started streaming. And in the back, yeah. I didn't say it live, but I was like, you mean when I sent you the message three days ago that this is the game that yeah. we would be fucking playing? Yeah. Yeah. You got to totally. get another That's chance, though, because it's fucking fun, man. So, so here's the problem with Fall Guys. So you can have a squad of four, and then you can play like that. If you have five through nine people, you're kind of fucked. And that's what we had. I think we had like eight. And so we were trying right. to split it up. We were trying to figure out how we could play the game with just like eight people. It became really fucking hard to do. Um, but if we have at least 10, we can start our own game. Like we can start our own thing. And it's just anybody, any one of us that are playing. And I'm trying to get Shim to come back to play Fall Guys one more time where it's us and we get to control the games that we play and we get to control it. But we need more people. So if you guys would like, and you please want to don't come, make this a call to action moment. Is this a call to action to everyone? Want watching? to call? If, oh my god! If you want to call to action, no. If you want to play Fall Guys, hit me up on social media. It could be on Instagram or Facebook or whatever at the Real Brandalorian, and let me know, and then we can try to connect so that we can start um, building a group so that we can all play Fall Guys. And I got some fucking hilarious Fall Guy clips, by the way, of us getting frustrated. 
Okay, because good. there's no it, trust me it's a frustrating game like i got my kid playing it and so so where i'm at right now like that's another thing is that when we're playing and when we have enough people i'll be playing and she's going to be kind of like right over here playing as well like she's going to be playing the game with us on the stream you just won't hear it because right. she doesn't have a microphone but it was funny because she's sitting there and as we were playing last night you just hear Ugh! <laughs> like she's just getting fucking frustrated because it is it, it can be an incredibly frustrating game but it's also a ton of fucking fun shim just okay. doesn't like games shim doesn't like fun fuck it i said it shim doesn't like fun i just did you see what i just did that was such a karen reaction <sighs> <laughs> you need to do that thing like fucking. you said you needed a haircut i dare you to get the karen cut do like this kind of up thing. What is the Karen and, cut? So oh, it's, the, the up. yeah, it's like, and it's on one side. It's kind of shaved up too. And then you just have like the sweeping bangs that come over. Oh, okay. Fucking now I'm going to pass you. on that. That's oh, how I pass. All right. Oh, come on. No oh. one wants to see anyone wear yeah. that, let alone me. All right. Well, yeah. I got I to gotta go do dishes, man. So, uh, <laughs> all right. So coming up, we are going to get to Woodstock 99. Again, might be... Um, three episodes. I'm not sure. Um, then out the Karen. Come if, get some. Oh fuck! This is fucking... a fun one. I'm looking forward to this because I almost okay. Look, so really quick, I thought about this. Um, I also thought about doing a like uh for Woodstock '99. Also coming back and just jumping straight into like let's just cover Limp Bizkit's significant other. You know. Like right. since we're already there, kind of in that timeline, so and then we can move so back to the nineties. I I haven't we, quite decided yet. Well, here's the thing: how relevant is linear? We don't need to fucking follow a linear timeline. No, we, as long I, as it don't. is under the. It's like it happened in rock and roll. That's it. It's yeah. the history of rock. It happened, yeah. therefore it's history, and it's rock based. So it can be whatever the fuck we want to talk about. Yeah, my we only have to thing get is the thumbnails that happening. We've got to get thumbnails happening for YouTube because right now the thumbnails for all the YouTube videos they look the same. Yeah, which is I showed you the new one I just made. I know, but we need to get them on all the previous ones too. That's the whole fucking thing. Oh yeah, that's gonna be a fucking chore. I don't know. About yeah, that. that's my point. Like, yeah. because like I really wouldn't be surprised, dude. They, I think about it seriously. They've any any one of your gamers or my music fans, and they go, oh, some podcast. Oh shit, history of rock. I wonder if they have Aerosmith. I wonder if they did Metallica. Scroll, 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 scroll. And we need to have the thumbnails that are like picture of Matt. Um, uh, James Hetfield or whoever, like we've got to have the people who are relevant to the podcast. Otherwise, it's just our fucking stupid heads on either side of the screen every time. It's a big missed opportunity. Well, but we not, know this. No, well, no, the, the, thumbnail, the thumbnails, it's not even it's not even our heads. It's just I, I've done very simplistic thumbnails up until now. I just redid yeah. some. So, of course, as we're filming this on July 11th, you guys will see the new thumbnails that I've been doing. But it was it was essentially just like the the album cover with the History of Rock logo like flipped so that it was vertical. And then it would say part one or part two up in the upper mm. left hand corner. And it was like the same thing for every one because I could do them like that. But now I yeah. found out an easier way to do some shit where I actually took it's the it's the screenshot that I took where I told you what uh chinga tu madre cabron means where you're like like your fucking brilliant yeah. reaction and it's and I I I took us out so it's just us and then it was uh the first one I did that you'll notice it it was for uh Woodstock 69. So Right. Excellent. 69 dudes. Dudes. <laughs> So, but yeah, I, I, every time. yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm working through kind of a workflow right now 
um, as I'm putting more attention on my own personal shit, like my own YouTube shit and things like that. Mm. And, and I had that fucking, as I was doing those other thumbnails, like how you just said, we got to go back and do them. I trust, I fucking, I had that thought in my head. I just got to figure out the time and, and kind of yep. all that other shit. And what would help, I thought about this, is what we need to do is actually if I, I can take that away and then I can take that away. So oh, people and we are both watching stand here and just go. us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like, <laughs> come on. And then ready? you're going to clip it? Yeah. Ready? ready? Shock um, and awe. Shock and awe. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> angry. Angry. Are you ready? Angry. angry. Um, joy. Um, sadness. I feel like I'm in like That's a first grade improv class. Yeah, <laughs> fucking amazing. All right, that's enough for now. I, I I'll, I'll clip that shit and that'll give me stuff to work on for uh, for the future. So, but on that note, Beautiful. I love you, buddy, and uh, you, we'll chat later this week. Um, and oh, yeah. uh, don't let the I aliens have, I've, come I've take got, your undies. I've got the time written down for our meeting. Uh, I'll let you know. All right, buddy. All right, all right. Bye, bye, bud.